Hi friends, this is episode 18 of Self-Care and Soul Care for the Caregiver. I'm Sandra Peoples, and today I'm joined by my friend Kim from the Loma podcast. I'm sure many of you are familiar with her podcast, especially if you have a teenager with disabilities. She has all the same questions we do about the transitions our kids will go through as adults, so she interviews the experts and shares what she learns with us. I asked her to join me today because we are opposites in so many ways. I'm an introvert who would rather keep James home than go anywhere. She is an extrovert who makes getting out part of the daily routine with her daughter Miranda. So when I was thinking about how introverts and extroverts handle being a caregiver in different ways, she's the first person I thought of. In our discussion, we talk about the times she's felt lonely, how she creates and cultivates community, her view on hospitality, and the ways she's made time for silence, solitude, and Sabbath keeping. If you're listening in real time, we are all in coronavirus mode, which actually makes the introvert-extrovert discussion timelier. Extroverts need help because they aren't around as many people as usual. Introverts need help because we are around our people 24-7. I know you'll want to connect with Kim after you hear the episode, so let me share her info right now. Her website is loma.org, L-O-M-A-H, and her Instagram username is journey2loma, that's two with the number two. Thanks for taking time today to listen to our conversation. We hope it's as much fun for you as it was for us. Thanks for joining us today. My friend Kim is our guest today. We're going to talk about the challenges and the advantages of being an extrovert or an introvert as a caregiver. And so Kim uh, and I really connect the most on Instagram and I get to see her and how she and her family get out and they do so many things. And I'm usually sitting on the recliner by myself with James right next to me, scrolling and saying, boy, that sure looks like fun. (laughs) I need to get out and do more. And so Kim is really an inspiration to me as I push my introvert self out the door a few times and she helps me be brave. So I'm super excited that she's joining us today. She's gonna introduce herself, tell us a little bit about her family, and then we're gonna jump right into our discussion. Thanks so much. It's so fun chatting with you. So fun. Um, Yeah, so hi everyone. Uh, My name's Kim. I am a Southerner who has been transplanted to the West Coast via the mid West. So (laughs) kind of have covered a lot of ground um, in my 45 plus years. Um, I would say extroverted for sure. Uh, Really enjoy community and have no issue in bringing people into my mess. Uh, Family-wise, I'm married to an introvert which makes it interesting and I think balances things out. It's a nice, uh, we, we level each other out. We challenge each other, I think, in all the right ways. Yeah. Um, and two daughters, two teenage daughters. Uh, the oldest is the one who brought me into the world of disabilities and into our community, which I just love. Um, she is very similar to James, I think, uh, level three autism and requires a significant amount of care and will require that care into adulthood. And then she has a sister 
who is two years younger than her, who is the fashion police in the house <laughs> and who makes sure that I do not dress her sister like what she calls a yoga mom. She says, stop <laughs> dressing Miranda like a yoga mom. So uh, that is what we have going on in our home. I love that. And the girls, do they tend to be more extroverted or introverted? Like what sense do you get from them about how they're wired? Um, I think my youngest is a little bit of both. Now with all of the school closures, my 14-year-old did have a rough um, a rough time kind of that first week. She was really sad because yeah. she wanted to, she didn't want to be with her mom. Yeah. She wanted to be with her friends. So I, I would say there's definitely an extroverted bend toward there. We were joking. She would say, mom, will you leave my room? Like, will you go? And I, I was like, honey, I'm not allowed to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me. You get now. Um, and then Miranda, you know, it's hard to tell when, um, the way that autism presents itself and with the complexities in communication. She definitely enjoys the activity that happens in the house. There's a lot of kids that come and go through our doors and she enjoys watching. Um, so I, I feel like she's typical teenage girl in that regard. Mm -hmm. um, but then also with autism comes the social, um, challenges. So I, I don't know. It, it's hard. It's hard to say. Yeah, it is. Hard. I feel like I should know, but I, I, I don't No, I mean, you know, even our typical kids at these ages, they're still figuring out who they are and what they enjoy. And, you know, James isn't much for conversation, but he loves going places. And so mm -hmm. I feel like that's a little, he's more extroverted than David and I are because he and Lee will go anywhere, anytime, you know, hop in the car and walk around and, you know, the grocery store every Saturday morning and just anywhere. He wants to eat out all the time. <laughs> he, you know, and it's so he's, you know, you and I in our real life friendship talk about the Enneagram some, and I don't know that James can totally be Enneagrammed, but I see him very much as a seven because oh. um, he loves new experiences. He loves strong flavors and taste. He's a sensory seeker. And so that, and he is kind of an entertainer, like in his own way, tells jokes. Um, and that, and that means like, you know, Thomas, the train is blue, but he'll say, I'll say, what color is Thomas? And he'll say green. And then he'll laugh because he mm -hmm. thinks that's a, a joke. And mm -hmm. so I see that little bit of an entertainer in him, even with his limited communication and all that. And so in our house, I really, you know, my husband Lee's a pastor. He's a people person. He loves being around people, gets a lot of energy from that. So he and James are our extroverts. And then David, who's 14, like your younger daughter, um, we're the introverts. And, and so we, we used to, I even used to homeschool David and we would laugh because we would call Monday mornings our introvert recovery time. And we would like, we would not even speak to each other until noon because we're a ministry family. And so Sundays were really busy for us and we would always be drained. And so, and I do think, you know, as we talk about self-care, knowing where you get your energy from is a big part of self-care and knowing how to give yourself time to get that energy, whether it's recouping around 
people, you know, and hospitality and, and bringing people in, like I think you're really good at, or if it's when everybody leaves and crashing like I do. Um, so, and you know, opposites do attract in marriage. And so I'm way more, there's more people at our house than I would choose if I weren't married to Lee. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. We both have opposite spouses. So yeah. you are intro married to an extra and I'm vice versa. Yeah. It is really fun. And you're right. Like they, they push us to do things differently than we normally would do. And yeah, I've found it to be helpful, Tom, being introverted, um, being on such a public platform, you know, with the podcast and with social media, because he does a good job making sure that the privacy of our family um, stays intact and I'm not oversharing things that are not mine to share. Yeah. Uh, so that, I think that's one example where he has balanced that. that. That's a, yeah, where he's been really helpful. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. He doesn't have to live in the online world like mm-hmm. we do and think. And on the flip side, I've pushed him into community groups. Yeah. Um, you know, when we moved out to California from Ohio, we left our, our people um, you know, community groups that we've been with for seven, eight years. And it was a couple of years out here and he still had not linked into like a guy's group. And he, he didn't want to, he's happy staying home, playing his guitar. You know, that's what he wants to do at night. And yeah. so the extroverted me pushed him into community, which now has become, I think, such a safe place for him as we've encountered just a challenging season with Miranda and those guys. And I mean, and for him too, a challenging season, probably being married to me because of all the stress and um, the amount of soul care and self-care that has been required during this tough year. Um, he now has a group of guys that he can, he can lean on. And that was the extrovert in me pushing the introvert in him to go find those people. Yeah, that's really good. And I do feel like you know, you have a great um, Bible study group that you meet with weekly, and they've been a huge support for you. And as an introvert, I see that, and I think I need to take steps to make that happen in my, I mean, even being a pastor's wife and even teaching Bible studies, I still can close myself off to the kind of friends who would show up when you're having a hard day. And you have done such a good job showing up for your friends so that now they're showing up for you in huge ways. And so I've really been encouraged to take more steps just to like, sometimes I feel like I have the everything is okay mask on, (laughs) you know, and I don't take that mask off for very many people. And um, part of why I think I love communicating with you and watching your Instagram stories and all of that is you don't keep that mask on and you don't because it, and none of us should, but you are really an encouragement to say, no, there are safe people out there and you can make friends with them and be in community with them and push yourself a little more and, and they'll show up when you need them to show up. It is amazing how they do show up. Um, Yeah. I, I, we were talking a little bit about soul care, self care, And I had told you that I think self-care as an extrovert is easier. 
Um, soul care, I think, is a little more ch- – there's some barriers there. But, yeah, the, uh, the self-care aspect of being an extrovert um, is definitely the, the part of me that just doesn't care. You know, you can come in and see my – I always say I don't entertain. I just open the door. So, <laughs> and so if we, um, the Bible study group, we do this thing on Christmas where, uh, everybody comes over to the house in December and I don't brew coffee. I don't put out, sna- you know, they know like, come like bring your own egg casserole. Like I, I'm not going to entertain We're, but yes. you can be in my space. Um, so I think that extroverted part of me definitely makes the opening up of my life a lot easier. Um, and then when things do get hard, I don't worry about what the response will be. You know, come and see my mess. I, cause I know you have mess too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody's got some mess yeah. and you know, I had read somewhere too, or heard this somewhere that, um, allowing people to help you it, it leads to a greater intimacy and it makes people more likable because I guess the psychology of it, and there's probably a psychologist who's listening to this who's going to be like, no, that's not true. <laughs> but I guess like the psychology behind it is you would not help somebody you did not like. Yeah. So if you allow people to help you, it makes you more likable. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I know. It's good. It's good. I'm learning. I'm learning. So I think even with you and I, when we talk about self-care things, even you being an extrovert and me being an introvert, there's things we have in common, like, like taking a walk, getting out in Mm -hmm. nature. You are great at that. I try to be good at that. We're both readers. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I think there's a little bit of a stereotype that introverts are read more than extroverts, but I don't feel that that's true. I mean, that's just personality regardless of that. Like, um, and so I see some of the books you're reading and think, oh, that'd be a good one <laughs> to read. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something else that I thought we both did that was, that had a lot of crossover that you were good at. I guess taking walks, getting in nature, reading books, all three of those things. I mm-hmm. feel we're both. Are you journaling? Do you journal? No, I I know. I like I'm trying right now through this coronavirus stuff to um, I call it a gift to my future self. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, OK, I'm going to do better at this. Like I'm going to write down the things that are happening in our day because I do want a better record of it than mm-hmm. no record. Or, you know, like I don't want the only record to be just whatever I posted on Instagram, <laughs> because, of course, that is even a little yeah. bit curated. And, you know, I may like. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I walked out the front door and there's a snake on our porch. And I, I was like, oh, like, and so I wrote that down because that's something I wanted to remember about this mm-hmm. time that, you know what I do in my journal that, um, I mean, in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is going to be fantastic in 30 years, <laughs> but I, I don't know. They'll probably just be locked, locked in a safe box. But what I do with my journals, I started doing this about 10 years ago is, I will journal whatever God is speaking to me, whatever he's sorting through, usually whatever he's rooting up in me that that requires some attention. And almost always there is scripture that leads to that or that is really important during that season. So I'll journal and let's say the date is March 23rd, 2020. And let's say I'm in the book of James. 
I will then in my Bible write the date next to whatever the verse is. Hmm. So I'll say March, you know, 2020 in, I'll write that in my Bible, hoping the, the hope is that my youngest daughter will one day get all of my journals and get my Bibles. And if she's reading my Bible and sees March 23rd, 2020, she can then go to that journal and see what God was teaching me through that season. So that's been kind of a nice motivation for me to journal because I'm like, wow, God is really doing, he's doing some work in me. Like, whoa, some work. And for her to be 45 and be able to read what her mom was experiencing with Christ during a time where she's going to have memories of this as well. I don't know. So that's kind of been a a big motivator for me to continue to journal so that, so that my youngest daughter, when she is older and my age will not just know her story and our family story, but know where God was in all of it. Yeah, that's good. Another thing that I think you're really good at, um, especially for an extrovert and is Sabbathing and mm-hmm. solitude, like mm-hmm. um, we're releasing, we're recording this on video and I'm releasing the video unedited on Patreon. And so if you're on Patreon or if you're interested in becoming a Patreon supporter, you'll see that Kim and I are, um, neither one of us are in our houses today, right? We're going to we dance right now too, right? You can only <laughs> see that if you're on the video. <laughs> so tell us about like what you're doing and, and why that's so important. Yeah, I um, started this practice gosh, I think it was about a year ago. God was inviting me into it for several years, but I'm usually slow to say yes to his invitations. (laughs) I don't know why. Um, So, but what that has looked like is shutting off my phone, but like at sunset on Friday, the, it's not airplane mode. It's off. It's powered down. Wow. And then usually on Saturday and I don't do any work all day Saturday, even if it feels overwhelming, even if it, and, and it's been such a wonderful practice and trust and building those muscles where I need to have faith that, uh, the world is going to go on just fine without me. My family is going to be fine without me. So in the morning, on Saturday morning, I usually go for like a three or four hour hike. And again, powered up, like you, you could not find me if you wanted to. If something happened in my house and Tom needed to contact me, he can't. Half the time, he doesn't even know where I am. (laughs) And so that's part of my Sabbath rhythm. And, but I feel like that's building that muscle in me where in the future where I'm not going to be around for Miranda. I'm going to be gone. Um, so I feel like it's building that fit. And the first couple of times I did it, I was like, I need to, like, this is irresponsible. (laughs) I can't do this. Like, this is just like bad parenting. And, but then I realized like, oh no, like one day this is how it's going to be. And I have to trust that everything will be fine without me. Um, so that's been a big lesson in the Sabbath. Um, The other thing, and this goes into the self, well, this is self and soul care, the whole Sabbath thing. 
is I find, and you did a podcast on this about five things, like the ways that your body reacts to stress, yeah. which was excellent. Listeners, if you haven't listened to that episode, go find it. What, what, which, it was like an interview with somebody or. Uh, no, it was quoting from a book, Burnout. So it's episode 16. Okay. Listeners, go find episode 16 because Sandra gave um, like five ways that your body responds to stress. And one of those things that you were talking about is like the physical aspect of it. And I have found that, especially in this the season that we've been in lately with Miranda, where it's been very intense and very physically taxing, I can't ignore that my body is going to respond to the input. There are going to be hormones or whatever, like stress things are going to be released in my body. Yeah. And um, I've found that <laughs> the best way for me to get them out is to burn them off. I have to go and get my heart rate and I can feel, I can feel almost like where they're sitting and I can feel as they start to release in me. So every Saturday morning I do, I try to find a steep hill and um, I'm, I'm in prayer and I'm exercising and just trying to reset oftentimes yeah. from the week. Yeah, that's so good. Mm -hmm. That's really good. I do, I, you know, I stay at home um, I know you're homeschooling right now, but I am not, I did for years, but I'm not now. And so normally in normal life, there's nobody at my house mm. all day, every day. And so I really build in, even if it's not that extended time of solitude and silence, there's parts of that to the rhythm of my day where I turn everything off and sit, um, whether that's going outside and sitting on the swing in our backyard or, um, maybe turn it like I like to li listen to the doxology that, that and that just kind of like close my eyes breathe through that let that and then that kind of starts my moment of moments of silence and mm -hmm. so um even if I can't build up to hours away right now mm -hmm. that's a good goal for our family but like just 30 minutes in the morning usually it's Mm -hmm. I try to end my day before the, at, at three, before the boys, before I go pick them up from school. And so at three, I have some time of silence early mm -hmm. in the morning after everybody's out right around lunchtime. So there's three kind of anchors, I guess, to my day that I incorporate that mm -hmm. silence and solitude. Um, so good. Yeah. That was actually something that was challenging. And I'm guessing there's a lot of families experiencing this now, very, I had a very similar pattern as that when my daughter was in school. Yeah. Um, cause I had often, I, I heard too, again, like stuff gets released. And so the whole rush out the door was always a stressful time. And so I always blocked off 45 to 60 minutes after school drop off to allow my body to re-regulate. So very similar, you know, the quiet time, the just blocked that off. But with her being home now, that that's not, there's no quiet time. Yeah. In fact, it's nothing but, but intensity yeah. um, throughout the entire day. And I imagine a lot of, a lot of people are experiencing that whiplash right now. Like, oh my gosh, this was my time when my body was able to settle. Right. How do you do that now when, when those patterns are changing? And that was something when I first started homeschooling, 
Um, and that's when I started doing the Sabbath was after I started homeschooling. Cause I'm like, I can't keep going without yeah. ever allowing my body to reset. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I even saw it a couple of weeks ago. I, uh, was with my parents in the car and my dad got one of those new cars that beeps at you all the time, you know? So like if you're drifting lanes, it beeps at you. If somebody comes up on a blind spot, it beeps at you. And he'd only had the car for a few days. So every time the car beeped, his body would jerk, you know? And so I'm like, cortisol, cortisol, like that it's rushing on you. And so, cause his jump would make me jump cause I'm the passenger. And I was like, and that got me thinking about that, that book burnout and those things that we, that I learned from that book. Like, how do I reset? How do I feel? How do I make my body feel safe again? Even here in the car, <laughs> where mm -hmm. it's, we're just reacting to beeps and, oh, interesting. And all these things going on. And cause I have an old car that does not beep at me <laughs> and I have some sensory sensitivities anyway. So that like noise, I'm a little bit more sensitive to noise and stuff like that, I think, than, than even most other people. And so to have this car beeping and my dad yeah. jumping and all of that, even like I had to reset my body when we got out of the car to make mm. it feel safe again. And, and I love that some of that is just telling somebody else like positive social interaction where you say, man, I was in the car and it was crazy. And the person says, man, that does sound crazy. And then you're like, Oh, but I'm safe now. So you can even mm -hmm. talk yourself through it or, um, hugs, you know, that personal contact and, and then working out and getting your heart rate reset and getting that, all of those levels back to normal right. again. It's and really even admitting it's happening. So it's cortisol. You said it's cortisol. Is that I what think, yeah, pumped out? Like you said, somebody who knows more than we do is yeah, probably they're going to correct us. <laughs> Don't put it in the comments if you're yeah. thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. So even acknowledging, like, that's a real thing. It, it's a real thing. And yeah. that's so wise that you were able to, and now it makes me think too, like, huh, how many things are beeping and dinging that may be shooting out bits of cortisol throughout yeah. my day? I'm going to kind of do an inventory next week. Yeah. Just react, think mm -hmm. about how your body's, anytime it jumps, you know, mm -hmm. like that's your body reacting. So mm. that's really interesting. So how do you feel about the challenges and the positive things about soul care. You mentioned soul care is a little bit different, you think, than even self-care from an extroverted point of view. So what kind yeah. of things are, is, what is God doing in that area in your life right now? Ooh, what is he doing? <laughs> He's really talking to me. Um, yeah, I think of self-care, a, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of the self-care stuff involves, I think, being able to step away, um, which it, as an extrovert, it's a lot easier to do if we allow people to take over for us. You know, if, if I allow my husband to take over and I turn off my phone, like that, I see that as kind of the self-care. The soul care is, um, for me anyway, I mean, this may not be the case for everybody, but I find as an extrovert, my knee-jerk reaction when something's going down when something's happening or if there's just like stuff, my first go-to tends to be people hmm. instead of stopping and bringing it to God first. Oh, yeah. And I've had a couple of, I've had two. I can think of two seasons in my life where God just stripped 
or I shouldn't say stripped, that's too strong of a word, but put a lot of distance between my access to my people. Where one being when we moved from Ohio to California. So all of a sudden I'm away from my people. Yeah. And um, it, it was, you know, we moved across the country and we're trying to, all the stuff that went with that. And that was a rough season in Miranda's development as well. We had, um, anyway, it, it was just tough. And I kept wanting my community. I wanted my Bible study group. I wanted to talk to them about what was going on. But there was this three-hour time change, and there was like, I didn't have access to them every Wednesday night like I used to. Yeah. And it felt really, really lonely. And I felt like I kept trying to make friends here, but nobody wanted to be my friend. And I, it just felt so lonely. And God was like, um, what about me? Hey, me. Yeah over here. And that's actually looking, I never realized it until just now as we're talking through this, but that's actually when I started enjoying the solo hikes. And I mean, I wasn't turning my phone off back then, but I would walk with God. I would go on a walk with God because I couldn't, before I'd have a hard drop off and I would just go and knock on the door of my friend's house and we'd sit around their table with a cup of coffee. Yeah. And my friend would be there for me. Yeah. But now I had a hard drop off and I had nowhere to go. Yeah. And God was like, um, I'm here. Yeah. I'll have coffee with you. I'll go on a walk. Yeah. With you. So that was a really sweet season. And I feel like I'm in that again now. Um, with the homeschooling, we talked about, uh, how there's not that downtime after drop off. It's just go, 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 go. Yeah. And so I don't, I, I, I haven't been able to go to my Thursday morning Bible study group that I've been going to for five or six years. I, I can't go on Thursday mornings anymore. Yeah. Which actually the whole uh, coronavirus has been a little bit of a blessing because now we do it on Zoom and I'm like, I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. Um, so, um, it, so again, I, I don't have, access as easily. And so it's, it's a really sweet time between me and God. Like he can really do some great work when I allow him to be the one guiding and counseling and talking me through it first and then taking what he's giving me and bringing that to my community instead of the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think as an introvert, I have to push myself into community and realizing what gifts they are from God to me, how God uses them to sanctify me and support me and encourage me and teach me more about him. Because my tendency is just to say, I've got the Bible or I've got, you know, whatever Bible study book I'm reading and, and I don't need anything else. And, um, I, this lot like last semester. And so in the fall I was teaching, no, it was in the spring. It was just earlier this year. I was teaching a Bible study in our house and having people over and, you know, like 10 or 12 women and, and just God was so sweet to remind me. I mean, here's all these women who studied so much and brought so much into the discussion that I wouldn't have gotten just reading it by myself or just watching mm -hmm. the DVDs mm -hmm. even like, their experiences really enhanced what I was doing. And so 
I can get so, you know, almost like a hermit or a, you know, like a monastery, like, no, I just need me and my books. That's all I need. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, mm -hmm. and just be reminded of the, how God uses community. And really like this time of so social isolation that we're going through reminds me of how much I miss them and how the daily interactions and, and I'm not even really a big toucher, but touch and hugs and handshakes on Sunday mornings and, and just the rhythm of seeing the same people and seeing their kids come into the church excited. And, and, you know, I, I'm the special needs ministry director. And so missing my kids that I get to see in that part of each Sunday, all of that is missing and making that a little more amplified, which I think is a good thing right now. Because ah. I still have my Bible and I still have my books, but there's something missing. And so it's a good lesson. So the answer has to be somewhere in the middle, right? Not yeah. introvert, extrovert, just avert. We all just need to be vert. <laughs> yeah. I think it's ambivert. I think that's what they call oh. the middle people. Am, what is it? Am, ambivert? A-M-B-I, ambivert. I don't know. Like <laughs> we need a better name, Sandra. That, <laughs> a middle vert. A middle vert. Yeah, we need, <laughs> we all should strive to be middle verts. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. All right. Was we, I know we talked to, before we hit record, we were like, we could really chat all day because there's so many things going on. And, um, but I do want, like, let's talk about the season that you're doing right now on the podcast. I, I wrote an article for a homeschool magazine and it, what they wanted to talk about was transitioning to adulthood. And I was on your site. Click, 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 mm -hmm. click. So much good stuff. Yeah. So tell the people who are listening a little bit about the season that you're in now and what you've done in the past so that they know what an amazing resource it is. It has turned into quite the resource. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty incredible. I think I, I use it as a resource all the time. I'm like, oh gosh, I need to go back. So uh, what Sandra is talking about is the Loma Special Needs Podcast. And it, it's just me asking our questions, the questions that we all share about how do we prepare a future for our kiddos, um, especially those that are going to require significant um, supports into adulthood and um, how do we do that so that their life is filled with purpose and dignity and so what we'll do is we'll take one topic and do 12 episodes on that single topic and bring in expert guests and as of late the guests just say yes I've had very few if any knows so I'll come up with my dream team yeah um, so you just mentioned transition. So we did a series on a thing called the transition plan that goes into the IEP at the age of 14 or 16. And um, that was kind of news to me. It snuck up on me when my kid was 14, 16. And honestly, my school didn't even address it when she turned 16. Oh. Um, I was like, wait a minute, this is like a thing. Um, so we did, I think we did 12 to 14 episodes on that topic, bringing in experts in transition and in IEPs for that series. Right now we're doing, we're wrapping up a financial planning series. So specifically planning financially for, um, yeah, for what's to come. Yeah. Um, we've done a series on housing. We've done a series on advocacy, which you were in, Sandra. What episode was that? If you guys want to hear Sandra, she was in the advocacy series. I can't quite remember what number 
Yeah, I can't remember. And I even looked at it the other day, but I can't remember what number it was either. But it was talking about inclusion in faith-based settings in church. Mm -hmm. That was really So go find Sandra on the show. Um, I don't know. We did a technology series. We I, There's over 100 episodes. So yeah. just tons of content. And even the show notes. I, I feel like the show notes for the show are just as valuable um, because that has links to all the stuff. So Loma.org, L-O-M-A-H.org. Um, you can find the podcast on any platform. Uh, just search Loma Special Needs Podcast. Loma stands for the land of milk and honey, uh, the promised land, the place of abundance. God promises us um, that we're all all wandering towards. (laughs) We keep having faith. And you had a blog post just a couple weeks ago that I refer to, like what to do with your child at home during this quarantining season Mm -hmm. about focusing on some of those life skills and like Mm -hmm. with Miranda folding laundry, I'm like, okay, that's another goal on our list. So that was super encouraging. I'll link to that in the show notes too. So that, cause I think, you know, by the time if people are listening in real time, they're like in week three or four, we had spring break and then ours started. And so I feel like we've had a week of it longer than most people. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think right now people are really ready for what do I do? And really, it's so I, I've been homeschooling almost a year now, and it wasn't a thing that I wanted to do. Yeah. I'm an extrovert. I want to hang out with my people. Yeah. All my kids in school. I don't want to be homeschooling. Um, so, it, but it, it just circumstances, we, um, we had to pull her for the, for her sake and for the sake of our family. And in that year, there are some lessons that, I have learned, and I, I feel like it's an article of, okay, just ex- it's five things you can do when your kid is home that you can't do when your kid is at school. And one of those things includes like just slowing down and working on self-help skills. Um, start to fade your prompts. Because in the morning, we're all like, come on, get out the door. And we're doing everything for them. And we are verbally and physically prompting them through the morning. Yeah. Um, but we don't have to now if we're home. And so our morning routine, what used to take 30 minutes, um, our morning routine is now somewhere from two to three hours. Wow. But she can now brush her own teeth. She makes her own bed. Yeah. We couldn't do that when she was in school. And it's important stuff. So it's stuff like that. There's also another blog in that same series that I kind of alluded to as we were talking about the time that I moved to Ohio. It's called What About Me? Um, And it's about that season where I couldn't find any friends and God was like, come have coffee with me. So that, so there's a, there's some blog posts. Before I started the podcast, I used to write a lot more. I don't have time now, but there's some, some stuff. It's in the personal journal section on the website. I'll look it up and pull it and I'll put it in our show notes too. So that's yeah. good. So much, so much good stuff on your site and your podcast. I'm really glad that, um, that we connected and so that I can be encouraged by even just your social media is a huge encouragement to mm. me. I know it is to everybody who gets to watch you and gets to be mm. a little part of your life and, and what you guys okay. are doing and, and how you're taking care of yourself and your whole family. Mm-hmm. It's really an inspiration. Your background is in gymnastics. And so even your workout videos oh, are yeah. encouraging to me. So it's, yep. 
it's just, there's so many ways. I mean, you and I are so similar in so many ways, but then I feel like these ways that were different are the ways that I want to be more like the patterns and the things that you've already set up. Mm -hmm. And so it's such a encouragement to me to say, Oh, Kim is doing this this morning and, and mm -hmm. I forgot to do it, but I'll do it now. And you always remind me to drink water. I feel like you talk a lot about drinking water. And I'm like, oh, I need to get some water. But yeah, so listener, that the Instagram. So where you're going to find that stuff, it, there's only one place where I put that personal stuff. And it's the place where it disappears in 24 hours. Yeah. Um, and that's um, on Instagram. It's journey to Loma. That's the number two. Uh, journey to Loma and um, in the Instagram stories. So that's the horizontal feed at the top yeah. and those disappear in 24 hours. So the stuff that Sandra's talking about is there because I don't want it up there forever because yeah, it's pretty, pretty real yeah, uh, and kind of raw sometimes. And then the Facebook is more information. I, I tend to yeah. That my Instagram and my Facebook are two very different things. Yeah. Um, so you can find Loma on Facebook too, but that's going to be more information, flat out information. And then Instagram is more of the journey side of it, yeah. I think. Yeah. I'm glad that we get both sides of it. Because you know, like the blog post I saw on Facebook and I might have missed it on Instagram. And so following you both places, I get to see the the journaling of your day and then the big stuff that you share too. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Facebook is like the final product almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Instagram yeah. is where it's more scrappy and <laughs> yeah. the extroverted part of me is on, is on Instagram and the introverted part of me is on Facebook. That's exact. That's a pretty good summary. That's really good. <laughs> well, thanks for taking time to hang out with me today. I appreciate it. Oh, it's always a delight. I, such a delight to, see your face. Patreon users, we can, I mean, you'll see, like, you can watch the video of us talking, but yeah, it's just a delight to see you and chat with you. And, um, and I know we could talk all day. Yeah, we could. Yep. They'd have to pay a lot extra for that. They'd <laughs> have to bring in lunch, <laughs> all that good stuff. So, all right. Well, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks for hanging out with me. You too.